know. Hey, so um, hey, thank. It's it's good to talk to you again, buddy. Um, so so uh, you know you know every week, as you know, um, our Forty Guard Labs team is publishing our threat intelligence brief. You can find this on our, our social media on uh, FortyGuard.com, of course. Um, it's a great resource. It's it's unique findings that we're doing within Forty Guard Labs. It shows our intelligence, like how many you know what are the hottest vulnerabilities, what are the top malware out there that we're seeing. Um, last week we covered a couple of interesting things: the resurgence of the Dark Nexus botnet. That, that was an old IoT botnet. Um, as well as uh, um, uh, uh, the Netwire rat. So Netwire is pretty interesting, right? Because this is something that, again, we've seen before. Uh, it's used uh, in a lot of campaigns, right? Like, like like any tool, it can be used multiple times. So it's been used for BEC, like business email compromise in the past. BEC is the number one um, uh, you know, attack target for cyber criminals. And we're talking about billions and billions of dollars in illicit revenue when it comes to, to cyber criminals. But normally they're targeting, uh, you know, CFOs and going, you know, spear phishing and trying to go after those credentials. What we covered last week was talking about targeting uh, in mass fashion. So broadcast, you know, basically mass mailing attacks going after taxpayers with IRS. And it was using some some new things, an upgraded rat tool, so some some new features in the keylogger, but also leveraging um, some some new um, exploitation techniques. Uh, so what, what was that all about? Yeah, so Derek, you made some really good points. Uh, first of all, let me just point out our, our FortiGuard Labs newsletter is like pretty much our diary of like things that we're working on and cool things that we're seeing. And then of yeah. course, anything cool we're seeing gets translated into a blog. And Netwire Rat was one of these, these blogs What's interesting about Netwire uh, is it's really easy to find. You can purchase it. It's $120 US, and that just means the, the attackers behind that have confidence that they're putting it out there, letting researchers like basically download their app because they are pretty much betting you can't stop it. Um, what's interesting about this is really because of the, the COVID uh, stimulus packages that are coming out in the US, tax returns in the US, they're pretty much mass mailing this uh, this attack, this uh, remote access toolkit to all these victims. And what's really interesting about this uh, this attack is it's actually using Excel uh, 4.0 macros. And what what Excel 4.0 macro is is pretty much how you use Excel every day. When you do like sum the equals, like you know, I, I got my macro wrong, but whatever, four plus four or whatever, uh, it's that basic way you do any any sort of formula in Excel. Formula, right? Exactly, it's a formula. And one of the things that you can do in Excel, Excel 4.0 macros, which which were basically came out in 1992, is you can actually call an executable on that as well. And that's that's exactly what this macro is doing. It's doing some more complicated things like calling PowerShell and then embedding that into a, a different process and then doing some downloaders after that. But the point is it's very, really difficult to stop that because it's not a BBA, a visual basic attack. It's basically a formula so you have to you have to understand formulas we we actually do stop that because of the ai and machine learning things that we know about we've obviously categorized billions of ways that attacks happen and our ai system can smartly pick that out and and stop that kind of attack but overall it's it's a pretty difficult attack to stop just because it's based on technology that's 28 years old that people are not really like they, it's so it's so embedded in how you use a program it's hard to it's hard to debug it in fact, there's no debugger in that macro, so you can't really pull out like code from it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, we, we talk about this all the time. We well, I mean, we talked about this on our I think on our last podcast when we were talking about telework, right? How um, you know the the old um, uh, patch management issue, right? Patch, patch, patch. We're talking about how now there's even more more 
uh, IoT devices that are connected to networks that are uh, not traditionally segmented. But in this case now, it seems to me like the traditional targets in the corporate office, i.e., again, the, the C-suite executives, the CFOs, when it comes to these big business email compromise attacks, there's sort of a shift now where a lot of the uh, you know employees who used to be in those corporate safeguards that are now um, teleworking, working at home, again, um, uh, with these scams, they're becoming um, the larger target, right? And And like you said, what, what's old is new, right? I mean, these this resurgence of these attacks that we've seen in the past that are adding some new tricks, right? Some new flavors. Like I said, they even upgraded the rat, but as you're talking about too, they're doing some some additional tricks, like mod, modern tricks, with, let's say like PowerShell and stuff like that, right? Exactly. They're basically calling out security researchers because they're they're thinking that this is going to be so successful. They really don't care if like researchers get their hands on it or not. But you know what's interesting is now that there's so many people at home and the target is pretty much at home, attackers know this, and they also know other people in your home are, uh, are targets as well. We were talking about like how much we're shopping now online, right? Well, yeah. guess what? if other people in your household are, are shopping, like uh, they're targeting that to get to your corporate environment. Yeah, yeah. So so, so let's talk about uh, what, what do we do about this? I mean, you're talking about <laughs> some bits of code and, and macros that are 28 years old and we, we, we talk about this a lot right so but you know as you said there are you know um you know i i often reference uh aet so advanced evasion techniques right different ways that attackers are trying to get around security technologies obviously this is why 40 guard labs exist right because we have to, to research and study this and make sure that we're covering all grounds and, and protecting our customers and so forth um, but there's there's never any silver bullet, right? I mean, yeah, you need good actionable intelligence, but you got to be quick too, right? I mean, I'm always talking about the concept of TTBs, the, the time to breach, that that window shrinking. I mean, we did a talk on this at RSA years ago, right? About uh, using the autosploit framework, just showing how with a couple of commands, how quick it is to really go through a full, from an attacker's point of view, a full attack cycle, right? So you know. Putting our uh, going switching gears to the blue team and not, and not the red team. Um, what what are you know how, how does this come together? I know like we, you know there's obviously a suite of products we talk about um, store obviously so security orchestration but also AI and ML too right? I mean there's basically a whole stack of defense uh, but that really needs to be integrated to to to, uh, to play up against this right? Yeah, you know, I'll I'll use one of my favorite quotes that you told me years ago from Muhammad Ali. Uh, you you know, the hands can't hit what the eyes can't see, and uh, it's it's really really the same thing. I think if you're any organization, uh, you're running a security operation center, you're running anything, you need to be able to, um, you know, be able to have visibility into the attacks that are coming in, and you need to be able to respond to those attacks in an automated way. Automation is key. We've been talking about automation as a big deal for the last you know, two, three years, especially with Kubernetes, or especially with things like, uh, uh, you know, container-based technology and yeah. other things as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you have to be able to to automate that as quickly as possible in playbooks. And that's that's what uh, the security operations centers are doing. And that's why at Fortinet, like, I think we're pushing so hard, like, you know, the visibility that we're seeing from a variety of different products, even at home, uh, you know, from SDN products to, like, you know, small business uh, routers that have the same visibility and intelligence built into our high-end data center products, but as well as, like, automating playbooks in a SOAR product or in a, uh, you know, SOAR SIM type product as well, and basing that on some existing framework, like the MITRE attack framework. So you have a place you can go to, you can stop attacks, and you know now what normal looks like. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and um, I love that you mentioned the playbooks. This is something that that I really feel is the new frontier of of, of threat intelligence. And you know, we we've really been there since day one, right? Um, you know, of course, it's it's always. It's always useful to, I think, to, to reemphasize and talk about our, our taxonomy here, right, when it comes to cybercrime and threats, because we often talk about, you know, I, I often talk to people and I hear people talking about things like zero days as an example, right? Zero day is just the concept of previously unknown code, right? It's a patient zero uh, issue, right? Uh, but it's often misused, like, between zero day vulnerabilities and zero day malware. And, and I'm finding the same as existing with playbooks too, right? Because obviously a playbook is just a concept of a playbook. It's like 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 uh, sports analogies, right? But it's really how is that applied? And there's both an offensive and a defensive playbook, just like sports again, right? Just like just like football or, or hockey here <laughs> from Canada, right? Uh, but, you know, in Fortigar Labs, it's interesting because we're always following the adversarial playbooks. This is the offensive playbooks, how are attackers moving? And we're using the MITRE attack framework for that. But it's equally important to know, yeah, that, that there's also from a SOC perspective, uh, the blue team playbook, right? And the blue team playbook, I think, in my point of view, just gets stronger once you know that the, the red team playbook, right? I mean, that, that's if you can anticipate the moves of an attacker and what what tools they're using, um, you know, the, the better defense you can build, right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You, you it's it's like any sports analogy. You have to have offense and defense. But but I think also what's important is that you have to be able to automate that. And I think that's why there's such an emphasis now on using the intelligence that we've gathered at Fortigard Labs for the last 12 plus years, right? As Fortigard Labs would probably individually all of us like with 200 plus researchers probably have hundreds of years of experience, right? So we're putting that into AI systems and into AI machine code sets right and to be able to automate that response as well because honestly it doesn't really matter if you're uh, you know a one-person company or if you're like or if you have a hundred or a thousand people uh, researchers in your sock the volume and the velocity of attacks coming in it's impossible for most people to just grab a hold of and really analyze and that's why you need that automation and automation coupled on top of ai and ai learning sets that makes it really really powerful yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I remember back in in, in the days, uh, you know, if, if we if we shift gears, to, you know, twenty years back, that wasn't the case, right? The velocity wasn't really there. Um, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of labs were working on graveyard shifts, and um, you know, it was sufficient to release antivirus updates two times a day, yes, least, or once a week in some cases, right? And yeah, I mean, we we got to release every hour now. And yeah, you're right. The it doesn't matter. You know, we talk about the 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 volume of the the, the attack surface growing, the volume of threats that we're seeing, um, and that that number is just going to keep rising. It's it's basic math, right? I mean, you get more and more bandwidth, more more users connected. Um, it's going to be more attack activity, and and that's the case. I mean, we went from seeing three years ago from 50 billion to 80 billion to over 100 billion <laughs> threat events that we got to look at and monitor these IOCs indicators of compromise and there's no way like yeah like you said if you have 500 people a thousand people 3,000 people in, in your sock you're not going to be able to scale with that so it really is yeah, I completely agree um, about automation and um, how you integrate that actionable intelligence and, and again in my point of view it's it's you know speed kills <laughs> right and um, you know, it's if this concept again of the time to breach. If it's it's really a, it's 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 an arms race, but on a different level, right? The arms race used to be, um, you know, human to human years ago, and it could take weeks, days, what well, days to weeks to years to, to complete an attack. 
now that arms race, we're talking about, you know, seconds to minutes, right? Yeah, exa exactly. I I definitely like, you know, we're, we're lucky. And I, and I think sometimes we we forget that we're in research. This is our jobs uh, to like research and to find out what these threats are. And of course, to protect our customers. But, uh, you, you know, a lot of people don't have that luxury. So I, I think it's uh, it's nice that we uh, we have that ability to, you know, give that give that back to the community and not only to our customers, but of course, we we have strong partnerships and sharing partnerships with a lot of lot of industries out there yeah for sure yeah and and this is uh, i i agree there's never a boring day uh in our office and i'm really glad to have, have you on board I, I know you're you're on the front lines all the time uh, you're, you're running attack simulations you're monitoring dark web as an example and so a lot of great intelligence we can get out of there to, to really to, to, to really double down on, on our end right and make sure that we have all, all the bases covered um all right. Well, hey, uh, I think uh, we're, we're running up on time. Um, there's a lot of good stuff, and we could talk about this for for for, for days. And I know we do every day. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll save some of those topics. I'd really like to get more into. I think some some of these adversarial playbooks that we're doing uh, pro probably on our next talk too, and uh, see where we go from that. There, there's always some really interesting updates and and insights to get from there. All right. Sounds good. All right. Hey, thanks. Thanks again for joining me. Um, have uh, have a great rest of the day, and uh, I will talk to you later, Mark. Thanks. Bye.